And so if you have your Bibles, please open up with me a familiar place of Scripture that continues to contain the depths of the riches of the wisdom of God. This is the book of Matthew 5:45 and 48. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The sermon that I would like to continue is called, Called to Perfection. This promise contained in the commandment is the inheritance of the saints of all generations and is and this commandment of Christ is addressed specifically to his students. Therefore, people who do not accept God's delegated authority over themselves have no part in the inheritance that is contained in this commandment and are not probably able ever able to have it. Relevant to fulfilling this required commandment, we stop to study the purpose of the righteousness of God in the heart of a man. Specifically, the goal is that the righteousness of God abiding within our heart is called to pursue. And in part, we've been studying the purpose of the righteousness of God within our heart, received by us in the two broken tablets of the covenant, in where we die by the law for the law to live for the one that died and resurrected, so that we receive confirmation of our salvation in the new tablets of the covenant, in the format of the law of the spirit of life, so that we provide God a basis to give us the promise to be heirs of peace, not by the past law, but by the righteousness of faith, like he gave it to Abraham and his seed. Romans 4.13 For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. God called Abraham the father of all who believe. If we have this righteousness, then we are the children of Abraham. If we don't, then we just call ourselves this, and for this you will be punished. We note that the righteousness of faith is determined by the obedience of our faith to the faith of God, which is presented in the preached word of God sent, the head who is a person who is a father of God to us. The faith of God is information. These are not emotions. This is information that comes from the word of God, from listening or hearing the word of God. Faith is from hearing. That's what it says in the Bible. And our faith is obedience, the obedience of ourselves to this godly word that we hear, not just what we read, but what we hear. Not what we read again, but what we hear. Faith comes from what we hear. It's not when we hear just any person. Also, it is the person that is anointed by the Holy Spirit who presents God's delegation and who is God's mouth. And there's not many of them. Therefore, the promise of the peace of God is given only to those men who clothe themselves into the virtue of a student, which has allowed them to be obedient to God's order in accordance to which God sends us his word by the mouth of his delegated ones. Therefore, the covenant of peace within the heart of a man is the result of the obedience of his faith to the faith of God, which are the spoken words of God's delegated ones. Relevant to this, we, in a specific format, already looked at two signs by which we we can and need to determine that we collaborate our godliness with the godliness of God and stop 
to look at the third sign. The third sign is by the fact that the Lord is our shepherd. He tends us. A Psalm of David. Psalm 23, 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so evidence of the fact that God is our pastor or our shepherd in the given Psalm of David consists in four parts. First, the Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. Second, the Lord, he leads me beside the still waters. For, uh, third, the Lord, he restores my soul. And fourth, the Lord, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. Four components here to examine ourselves and weigh ourselves upon the scale plates of righteousness that we possess the listed components is to be done by four other components which demonstrate themselves when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. First, we will not fear evil for God is with us. Second, his rod and his staff, they comfort us. Not make us afraid, but comfort us. God has prepared or will prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And fourth, God will anoint our head with oil and our cup will run over. In a specific format, we already looked at the essence of the first three signs within our heart, which are evidence of the fact that the Lord is our shepherd, and stopped to look at the fourth sign within our heart, which states that he leads me in the paths of righteousness. And in part, we've been looking at the paths of righteousness within our heart in the subject of the Prince of Righteousness. As it is written, He leads me in the paths of righteousness, which indicates the fact that the person whom the Lord leads upon the paths of righteousness is led by the Holy Spirit. We note that it is impossible to lead a person upon the paths of righteousness against his will or independent from his will or his understanding. If he does not understand and does not differentiate the paths of righteousness from the paths of his mind or the paths of the wicked and lawless who support the wicked, who pervert the truth, that pull out specific places and freely interpret them as they find need. We will continue, therefore, to look at the paths of righteousness within the heart of a man who lives with his spirit in the house of the Lord. Psalm 84, 4, 5. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. The paths of righteousness are nets of the Most High. At the same time, the paths of the wicked are their nets of the wicked into which they catch unstable souls. In Hebrew, the paths of righteousness are 
nets of righteousness, ways of righteousness, the way of the Lord, a firmness which cleans or refines from foreign particles of the soul, the step of righteousness, feet of righteousness, and prince of righteousness, growth, enlargement, and increase upon the paths of righteousness, and being grafted to the body of Christ upon the paths of righteousness. All of the elements of the paths of righteousness are dissolved in one the other, exist in one the other, support one the other, and identify the truthful nature or legitimacy of one the other. Therefore, today we will look at the next sign of the paths of righteousness as it pertains to the prince of righteousness, reveals itself in the heart of a man when he walks the paths of the one that tills his land or his field. Proverbs 12.11 He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. <clears throat> According to this proverb, we conclude that if a person follows frivolity, he is devoid of understanding. Therefore, a person who tills his land follows one that loves to work on his land and till his land, so that it can bring him a harvest that is sown by him in desired fruits. The word frivolity is tossing in is tossing in vain, idling, hanging around, not not liking to work, wasting his time and his life in vain. A lazy person or lazy people, doing nothing, useless, deceptive, disobedient, parasitic, sowing and spreading evil, <clears throat> thieves, capable of force and robbery. <clears throat> this is what frivolity really means. Considering the fact that this is a parable, the place is referring to the soil of our heart, which is called to bear fruits of righteousness in confessing the faith of God which abides within our heart. We conclude that to till your ground is to till the soil of your heart, to labor upon your land and to work your land so that it would bear for us fruits of righteousness by which God can then erect the stronghold of life within our body. But in order to till your ground, it is necessary to follow the steps of the one that has sown himself in this land in order to obtain us in his resurrection, so that we by his example would sow ourselves into his death in order to obtain ourselves in his resurrection. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in his glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his work. Matthew 16, 24-27 Denying yourself, that is denying your nation, the house of your Father, and your destructive desires, the soil of our heart will then be cleansed from dead works, which in indicates the fact that our heart has obtained purity or became clean. Due to the purity of our heart, we can then receive the ability by listening to the words that are preached to us to see and differentiate the steps of our Lord, steps of His delegated ones, from the steps of men that want to have the delegation of God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 5.8 
Not having a pure heart that is cleansed from dead works by the means of the truth of the blood of Christ, by being instructed in the faith, we will not have any opportunity or ability to know our calling. To fulfill our calling, it is necessary for us to take up our cross and follow the steps of Christ in order to learn from Him how to till our ground as He in His time tilled His ground. To determine how Jesus tilled His ground is possible by studying His steps that He has left for us, beginning from His incarnation in the Bethlehem lands to the ascension into heaven on the Mountain of Olives which was close to Jerusalem, about a Sabbath day's walk. The ability to study the steps of Christ and follow these steps is possible only after our heart is being instructed in the faith and begins to abide in the truth of the Thummim and the Urim, and the Thummim and the Urim will begin to abide within your heart. Upon practice, this means the ability to study the steps of Christ and to follow these steps from His birth to His ascension into heaven is possible when we receive the Holy Spirit into our heart as the Lord and Master of our life so that He can reveal in our heart the truth of the elementary principles of, of Christ that previously were already imprinted upon the tablets of our heart by being instructed in the faith. We can conclude that here when he wrote this truth, it was not all fully clear to us, but we knew that these were the words of the Lord, and only because the Master comes, because the Master can come, he comes and explains it to us. We receive the truth. Again, if we are not taught how to reject the evil and choose the good, that means that we do not possess this ability, but if we uh, are taught, we have the ability to then study the steps of Christ, the footprints of Christ. From his birth to his ascension, again, to study his footprints so that we can work the soil of our heart just as Christ worked the soil of his heart. Therefore, to walk on the same footprints of the anointed of the Lord, who in turn walks in the prince of Christ, we demonstrate our favor to God, to which he responds with his own favor. The next sign of the paths of righteousness and the aspect of the footprints of righteousness reveals itself within the heart of a man when he walks the footprints of the anointed of the Lord, the footprints that the enemies of the Lord reproach and mock <clears throat> and so try to again walk the footprints of the anointed one whose footprints are reproached by the enemies of the Lord that are amongst the nation of God Psalm 89, 50 and 51. A contemplation of Ethan the Israelite. Remember the Lord, the reproach of your servants, how I bear in my bosom the reproach of all the many peoples, with which your enemies have reproached, O Lord, with which they have reproached the footprints of your anointed. According to the prayer psalm of Ethan the Israelite, the seer and captain of the one of the three choirs of King David, we conclude that the servants of the Lord, which include Ethan the Israelite, were reproached because they followed the footprints of the anointed of the Lord that for, for them was the anointed by God King David whose footsteps and footprints were reproached and mocked by the enemies of the Lord.
For the symbol of the many peoples are the intelligent thoughts of the, of the soul in the form of the anointed by God King Saul and his selected army in the form of, a, of fleshly men who pursued the anointed by God King David and reproached his footsteps, the footsteps of the new person. Second, the many people who reproached the footsteps of the anointed of the Lord and the servants of the Lord <coughs> that followed the footprints of the anointed of the Lord are people who are included in the category of the king of King Saul and his elected army whose intelligent aspect of the soul is anointed by God. I will remind us that a footprint or footstep is a print or mark of the foot of the foot upon the tablets of our heart. Therefore a footprint that remains on the surface indicates the fact that someone whom we need to follow already walked in the direction leaving their print on the surface. From the root of the word footprint came the role of tracking, studying the character of the print of a footstep and the direction of the footstep. Follower that studies the work of the prints that remain, these are the story that identifies the person who left their print. Therefore, in order to identify the beginning, character, and direction of the footprint, it is necessary to be a tracker or follower who studies these prints. Upon practice, this means to be able to differentiate good and evil, to be able to refuse the evil and choose the good. To follow the footprints of the anointed of the Lord, the footprints that are reproached by the many peoples, the enemies of the Lord, is the ability to differentiate the footprints of the one that is anointed by God, a warrior in prayer, from the footprints of another anointed person who is not a warrior in prayer. In order to differentiate the footprints of the anointed of the Lord as a warrior in prayer from the footprints of another anointed person that is not a warrior in prayer, it is necessary that the intelligent aspect of our soul be placed in dependence of the intelligent aspect of our spirit. Reproach that the servants of the Lord bear in their entrails from the many peoples because they follow the footprints of the anointed of the Lord is testimony of a strong spirit and a guarantee giving them the right to the power to be raptured and meet the Lord in the air when he comes to be glorified within them. To bear the, the reproach of the many peoples within their entrails means the mockery of the fleshly men that reproach the footprints of the anointed of the Lord that we can then receive upon ourselves. Let not these who wait for you, O Lord, God of hosts, be ashamed because of me. Let not those who seek you be confounded because of me, O God of Israel. Because for your sake I have borne reproach, shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children, because zeal for your house has eaten me up, and the reproach of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that became my reproach. I I also made sackcloth my garment because I became a bayward to them. These who sit in the gate speak against me, and I am the song of the drunkards. But as for you, my prayers to you, O Lord, in the acceptable time, O God, in the multitude, multitude of your mercy, hear me in the truth of your salvation. Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from those who hate me, and out of the deep waters. Let not the flood water overflow me, nor let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut its mouth on me. Psalm 69, 6-15. David speaks of himself here. 
We see here David as well as the Son of God, Jesus Christ. The concluding words of Ethan the Israelite, he describes the state of the anointed of the Lord and his own personal state at the time when he is being reproached because of the footprints of the anointed of God. And this reproach comes from the jealousy of fleshly men. And so those that bear this reproach are these deep waters and this mire that they need to experience. The reaction of Saul and his selected army against the footprints of the anointed of God, which is the elementary principles of Christ, if we are able to differentiate the footprints of David and his servants from the footprints of Saul and his servants, then this means that we collaborate our godliness with the godliness of God. The next sign of the paths of righteousness within the heart of a man demonstrated in the ways of the Lord is executing the counsel of the Lord in the form of the way of the eagle called from, from the east to give to those living in Zion the salvation of God and Israel his glory. Isaiah 46, 10 through 13. Declaring the, the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country, indeed I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have proposed it, I will also do it. Listen to me, you stubborn-hearted, you who are, f who are far from righteousness. I bring my righteousness near, it shall not be far off. My salvation shall not linger, and I will place salvation in Zion for Israel my glory. Isaiah 46, 10 through 13. Here it's talking but the mystery of such a wisdom that would be greater than the wisdom of Solomon and which would be inaccessible to Solomon. Here's what Solomon says about this. Proverbs 30, 18, 19. There are three things which are too wonderful for me. Yes, fourth, which I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a virgin. The reason for why the mystery of of these four were not understood and withheld from Solomon by the testimony of Solomon himself which he revealed God revealed to him by the Holy Spirit is because everything has its own time and place Ecclesiastes 3.1 to everything there is a season a time for every purpose under heaven but when the fullness of time came and the incarnation of the Son of God by the Holy Spirit the wisdom that was revealed to his disciples was greater than the wisdom of Solomon and the wisdom was the relationship between God and man that is based upon the covenant of blood, salt, and peace which were in baptism of water the Holy Spirit and fire and the sovereignty of this is that every side of the covenant that God and man, each side was required to fulfill their role within the covenant the role of God consists in the fact that upon specific conditions 
that God offered to man to fulfill, God trusted his word to this person that then would lead this person into the boundaries of the unsearchable inheritance of Christ. And the role of man consisted in, in upon specific conditions, receive the fullness of the inheritance of Christ and confirm it with his mouth. And so the heart and the heart's thoughts and mouth need to be as one. And for this purpose, it was necessary that the heart of a person, by being instructed in faith, be cleansed from dead works, and his mouth be cleansed from idle and bad words. I remind us that idle words are statutes and commandments of the Lord in the mouth of a person that have not found its place in his heart because there is there are holes for the foxes and nests. But I say to you that for every idle word man may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Then the men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with, his, with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. The Queen of the South will rise in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed a greater than Solomon is here. Matthew 12:36 through 42. And so one of the things that was not understood to Solomon was the ways of the eagle in the air. We know that in scripture, an eagle is a symbol of the teaching of the resurrection of the dead and the symbol of the distant city from which the Lord called his servant as in the form of an eagle is the symbol of death. Therefore, the phrase, I have called my eagle from the east, to call forth from the east is to call to fulfill a specific uh, role and clothe him with, with power of a new name. And so the important requirement or task of this eagle, an eagle as God's uh, fulfiller of the righteousness of God and his salvation, this is the son, the son of God that is received by us and who has been put into our heart with his resurrection because he came from the distant city. He came from death. He ro arose from death so that he can uh, redeem our body. And so the people with a hard heart are those that interpret the scriptures with their own mind and follow this, these kinds of people as well. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They, they are blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Matthew 15, 12-14. According to the judgment that we are reading here, 
people who follow the words of the anointed of God, the category of people that follow uh, but rely upon their own mind will be ashamed and will inherit destruction. Here's what Apostle Paul says about this in Colossians 2, 8 through 15. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him, in Christ, dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. In Him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sin of flesh by the circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead and you being dead in, in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all your trespasses having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us which was contrary to us and he had taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross having disarmed principalities and powers he, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it Colossians 2 8 through 15 and so the righteousness of God as the program of God in the broken tablets finds itself in the new tablets of the covenant that is in the new in the hearts that possess the promise that is casting off the body of the flesh and putting on the new body. And so the saints that have received into their heart the promise of, of the adoption of their body by the redemption of Christ and keeping themselves in the love of God are, in this way, they demonstrate their favor to God, to which God then responds with His favor. The next thing that was not understood to Solomon was the way of the serpent on the cliffs and if Solomon would have understood it then the many wives that he had would not have been successful in uh, deceiving him or convincing him to sway away from the Lord the symbol of the serpent upon the cliff is the ability to be deaf to any deceptive words so to keep the promise upon the path uh, uh, upon the path or the way of the serpent is again to close your ears to deceptive information or words that are spoken the next item that was not understood to Solomon were the ways of the ship in the sea. The ways of the ship in the sea is the confession of faith consisting in the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. This is our mind renewed by the spirit of our mind. In this situation, when we're talking about in the symbol, say, of the we see here is the being led by the Holy Spirit. If a person is not led by the Holy Spirit, he will not be able to then confess uh, the adoption of his body by the redemption of Christ. The next element that was not understood by Solomon were the uh, 
man towards the virgin or the relationship of a man towards the virgin. This is when we receive the word of God in the form of a seed, we then uh, fertilize our pure heart, which is the virgin, with the seed of the kingdom of heaven. May it be according to your word. That's what Mary had said. I am your servant, may be according to your word. She said to the angel, and so we ourselves, when we hear the word of God, and by faith we say, may be according to your word, Lord, in this way we demonstrate the function of a man that with his seed fertilize the uh, purity of our spirit, which is the virgin. In another place it is written, if we will believe with our heart and confess with our mouth, then we will be saved. The next is the steps, again, footsteps of righteousness, which is expanding our, or enlarging our path before the Lord. Psalm 1836 through 42. You enlarge my path under me, so my feet did, uh, do not slip. I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them, neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. I have wounded them so that they could not rise, they have fallen under my feet. For you have armed me with strength for the battle, you have subdued under me those who rose up against me. You have also given me the, the neck of my enemies so that I destroyed those who hated me. They cried out, but there was none to save, even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I beat them as fine as the dust before before the wind. I cast them out like dirt in the streets. Psalm 1836 through 42. And so the paths of righteousness is talking about our lot. This is the redeeming sacrifice of Christ. In scripture the inherited lot that is the unsearchable inheritance of Christ is the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ which is a guarantee for, for us uh, to meet the Lord in the air and as much as we know the adoption of our body by the redemption of, Christ, of God in Christ Jesus includes a process of casting off the old man with his deeds that is demonstrated in the demands we see it presented in the demands of the cross of Christ of, of the Lord Jesus die for our nation the house of our father and destructive desires of our soul fulfilling these three requirements gives us the legitimate right to renew our mind by the spirit of our mind and afterwards together with the power of our renewed mind and our cleansed mouth we then approach the process of the erection within our body of the stronghold of life and clothing our body into a new person. Therefore, the steps of righteousness or the ways of righteousness is understanding the inheritance of our lot given to us by God in Christ Jesus to be the eternal dwelling of the Most High, which, again, is ours but is still somewhat within the power of our enemy. In, e in Hebrew, where it says step, is leaven, the seed, walking, a path, a way, growth, increase, and also grow on. And the, so the phrase where it says, you enlarge my path under me so my feet do not slip, 
That means that your lot increases in me and is immovable. Because of the immovability of our lot and the promise of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ, we can pursue our enemies and pursue them in a way so that they not rise again. And I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the Sea Philistia, and from the desert to the river, for I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them, nor with your with their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve your their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. Exodus 23, 31-33. When it talks about the Red Sea, this is... Uh, God by the rod of Moses uh, had s- split the sea so that the people can cross over and you remember how these same waters had flooded or drowned all of the army of Egypt. The boundaries of the Red Sea within our body is the liberty obtained from God. Liberty from the slavery of our emotions. And so the Philistia, the Sea of Philistias, is where the Philistines live. This is liberty from the slavery of the intelligent aspect of our soul. Here is it, the emotional, here is the intelligent. When it's talking about the uh, land uh, and the desert, we're talking about slavery or uh, from the law of Moses. When it's talking about the rivers, we're talking about the river of Jordan. This is the lot uh, and the deliverance of our body from the law of sin and death. If we don't understand the boundaries where we are, under, we need where we need to within which we need to drive out our enemies, we will not be able to have. Uh, the ability to collaborate our goodness with the goodness of God. The quality and character of the paths of righteousness is identifying in his heart the confirmation of your paths before God, the stability of your paths before God. Uphold my steps in your paths that my footsteps may not slip. Psalm 17.5 In this purse, uh, phrase, our steps are placed in dependence of our paths. Therefore, if the steps of our faith that identified the boundaries of our inherited lot, which is our body, will be confirmed upon the ways of the Lord, then our steps will not be shaken in the oath promises of God. The ways of the Lord in our heart are the ways of the revelations, commandments, and statutes of the Lord by which that we need to receive by re, uh, listening to the delegated ones of God and the words that they say. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not w- wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. Psalm 18:20-22. Considering that our steps are a symbol of the seal of righteousness, which we receive as confirmation of the already in us justification that we receive freely because of the grace of God the purpose of our steps that do not shake and are not moved upon the paths of the commandments and statutes of the Lord is by 
accomplishing the judgments of God, which we are to do from the position of the justification that we have received to us by the redemption of Christ. And these uh, actions which contain this ju justice is that we first of all judge our old person with his deeds and do not communicate with evil company or corrupt company so that God can then destroy the stronghold of death in our body which was the armor of the old person and thrust him out from our body into hell. If we don't know the revelation that is contained in the commandments and statutes of the Lord, identifying the ways of the Lord within our heart in the steps of righteousness, we will not have true goals in the format of our reward which is the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. And so further Furthermore, we will not be able to keep our covenant with God so that our steps would be established upon the ways of righteousness and our ways would not be moved upon the ways of the Lord. And this will mean that we don't have true godliness to which God would be able to respond with his own godliness. The next sign of the paths of righteousness as the ways of righteousness demonstrated in the wise house gives a person the ability to examine all the depths of his heart so that he can lead out all the wicked from his heart and turn the threshing uh, wheel upon them. A man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his own way? The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Proverbs 20, 24 through 27. The lamp of the Lord is the spirit of man. The phrase from the Lord, a man's steps are of the Lord, indicates the fact that God establishes to God, uh, to, uh, God establishes for man his, his, his way or his paths. God needs to show him again his lot and in within these lots you will, within this lot you will move your, uh, in faith. I give this to you. God establishes his boundaries for man. And so this is again the calling of a person from God. If a person by being instructed in the faith receives and understands with his heart the lot of his, of his inheritance which is the adoption of his body by the redemption of Christ he will then become a light for the world and a lamp in the house of God when he will understand this and receives, receives this and begins to confess this he will then immediately become a light to the world and a lamp in the house and he will not need to go somewhere to say something to someone or evangelize he will already be a light to the world Receiving this promise into your heart in the format of the seed by being instructed in the faith contains the order and power of the kingdom of heaven as well as growing the seed in the fruits into the fruits of the tree of life called to make you a light to the world and a carrier of the gospel and be a lamp in the house of God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whom, whomever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Matthew 16, 24 through 26. 
God clearly wanted to identify to me and his calling. Many people come to me and say, Pastor, can you identify my calling? What calling do I have in the body of Christ? This is your and my calling to save your soul, to adopt your body by the redemption of Christ, to receive this promise, to consider yourself dead to sin, living for God, and proclaim the non-existent as existent. When you do this, then you become a light to the world, and then the Holy Spirit finds those people that is necessary to save, and they go to that light. The blind will follow the blind, those who see will follow the light. The blind does not see the light. The one that sees does see the light. The next phrase uh, states, how can a man know his, his way? How do you, in other words, how do you call upon the name of the Lord? For whomever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? If you read the Bible without a preacher, nothing will work. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? When you believe in him, you need to hear, and how do you hear without a preacher? Not a reader, but a preacher. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As many began to preach, not being sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our, our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 13 through 17. <clears throat> Apostle Paul took this from the book of Deuteronomy. And Prophet Isaiah also has this. In this place of scripture, we see their answer to the question, how can a person know his way or his path, or how can a person call upon God in order to inherit his salvation that is given to us to him in the format of a guarantee, in the fruit of the adoption of his body by the redemption of Christ. The next phrase states that a person needs to be quick to give an oath. And so a part of the condition consists in making a covenant with God because every vow is from the side of man an oath agreement to fulfill the part of the covenant which is their responsibility in order to give God proper grounds to fulfill his part of the covenant. And so to quickly give an oath is to confess your agreement to fulfill your part of the covenant which is either not familiar to us or is perverted or familiar in part. We need to understand well that to give God grounds in order to direct our way, it is necessary by being instructed in the faith and completely understand the lot of your inheritance. Otherwise, we will not understand our goal. We will not have the means to expand our boundaries either. Enlarge the place of your tent 
and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Isaiah 54, 2, 3. This is talking about a person what will happen inside of a person. The first condition for possessing your lot or taking hold of your lot is by being instructed in the faith you can prepare the soil of your heart to receive the seed of the kingdom of heaven. Walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. Ecclesiastes 5.1 to walk prudently when you go to the house of God is to examine the motives of your heart, how they, how much they are corresponding to the goals that God has placed for us. When you go into the house of God, what goals are you pursuing? To receive healing? What do you pursue? We need to pursue the goal of our calling that God has placed us to. Healing in, is included, but you don't need to uh, separately present it to God. It is included because God has already redeemed our body from illnesses, from death, and from decay. And we need to, with thanksgiving, open up our desires and so we can receive then the knowledge of how to adopt our body by the redemption of Christ. And so to prepare your heart to listen to the word of God and go into the house of God means cleanse your heart from dead works in order to be prepared to receive the seed of the truth and immediately fulfill what is heard. The second condition, by being instructed in the faith to receive into the soil of your heart, cleanse from dead works, the kingdom of heaven. You can receive it only after the heart is cleansed. And you can only receive it in the format of the seed in which is the program of eternal life. But he who received seed on the good ground, cleansed from dead works, is he who hears the word and, and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Matthew thirteen twenty three. Third condition is by being instructed in the faith to grow the seed of the kingdom of heaven into the fruit of the tree of life. That is, cleanse the heart and then receive the seed and then grow it and when you grow it then the atmosphere of the holy kingdom of heaven will expand to all of our body all aspects of our body now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your soul spirit and uh, spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ first Timothy or first Thessalonians 523 while the old person lives in the body, they're still decaying the body. We need to sanctify ourselves so much by the way of sanctification to be cleansed from this old person, to drive out this old person. And this happens by faith. Abraham believed in God, and he was, and this was accounted to him as righteousness, and he began to be called the father of many nations. As we are dead to sin, living for God, proclaiming the not-existent as existent. The next phrase says, the, king, the wise king will lead the wicked out and turn the wheel on them. And so it's talking about the threshing wheel, which cleanses the, the grain from the chaff. We see here our part participation of cleansing our 
essence from unclean thoughts and desires, the old person whom we've inherited from the uh, seed of our fathers in the flesh, to use the threshing wheel uh, and cleanse ourselves from wicked thoughts and desires is to consider yourself living for God, dead to sin, proclaiming the non-existent as existent. Give ear and hear my voice. Listen and hear my speech. Does the plowman keep plowing all day to sow? Does he keep turning his soil and breaking the clods? When he has leveled its surface, does he not sow the black cumin and scatter the cumin, plant the wheat in rows, the barley in the pointed place, and the spelt in its place? For he instructs him in right judgment. His God teaches him. For the black cumin is not threshed with a threshing sledge, nor is a cartwheel rolled over the cumin, but the black cumin is beaten out with a stick and the cumin with a rod. Bread flour must be ground, therefore he does not thresh it forever, break it with his cartwheel, or crush it with his horsemen. This also comes from the Lord of hosts, who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. Isaiah 20, 23 through 29. And so to beat the, the grain is to cleanse the motives of our heart presented in the goals uh, goals of God from the chaff of the uh, of the flesh therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since the, since you truly are unleavened for indeed Christ our Passover was a sacrifice for us therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth 1 Corinthians 5 7 8 and so malice and wickedness are words that come from the old person these words when it communicating one with the other pursues egotistical and personal goals and as the leaven uh, that we need to purge in ourselves is also a symbol of this. We need to, when communicating with one another, not looking for personal benefit, but benefit of the other. And this is possible by our spirit, cleanse our soul so that it can have brotherly love. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. 1 Peter 1, 22-23 Here it's talking about how we need to love one another. Often a person is uncomfortable when he hears this. In his heart, he doesn't feel these emotions. But don't pay attention to emotions. Begin to love with action. If God loves, commanded to love. If I'm antagonistic towards someone, and yet I, I shouldn't be pretending to love, uh, this person. Love, again, is not emotions or feelings, but your mind and will, and you make the decision to love. Regardless of what you feel, you need to le lead your feelings. When you lead your feelings, you will say this, your feelings will see where your mind is leading them, and your feelings will change. Your feelings will have begin to have sympathy toward the person who may you may have had a 
an acceptance toward. We are all individual and we're created individual, a specific group of people, certain people with specific character we accept, others we don't, not because they're bad, but because we are different, we were unique, and we accept only those that are similar to our style. And so that's why people come together because of interests. But the Church of God, there's only one interest, one interest, and this is to unite together in order to receive adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. If we will not be able to unite one with the other, becoming this flower, then we will not be able to adopt our bodies by the redemption of Christ. Because this happens in the body where we are partakers, not just grain that is <coughs> cleansed from the chaff. <coughs> This does not yet give you that tight communication. It needs to be changed into flour or ground into flour. That, then it becomes a, difficult to tell the difference. <clears throat> then every one of you begins to care one for the other because you are literally blended one with the other. I understand you hear these things that you never really experienced, but you will experience it. When you begin to become obedient, begin to proclaim the not existent as existent, yes, Satan will tell you, uh, your old person uh, will tell you, you're lying to yourself. You don't like this. Don't say that you like this. Because the Lord says that we need to love this and not like love this. And what we like, but doesn't God doesn't like, you will say you don't like it in you things will begin to rebel you'll feel that because your feelings uh, uh, signal your mind one thing and your decision I recently was looking at a, a program about the mind of a person the strongest energy uh, experienced in the, in the mind is when his feelings are resisting his mind and when he's trying to fulfill something that is intelligent and not what his his feelings are trying to have him do and a lot of energy is required uh, and they research these things they asked questions right there in place they're asking people questions they showed some images and they they asked these people what would you do in this situation they showed a person you see this uh, a train track and there's four to six people uh, working on the track you need to change the arrow because if you don't change uh, change it the train the train will kill these six people if you ch do change it, there's one person working in the other section, so are you willing to kill one for the sake of six? And the person in his mind, he begins to, he, he, he becomes, he's suffering in his mind. I need to save this one, and I want to save this one too, and he, he raises uh, the arrow. And then another person, same story, six workers here, one worker here. Here's the essence. This person and the and the next question is in order to save six people you have to push one person onto the rails. 
And so, and so again, when it's more difficult to kill a person with a knife, him, uh, with a knife, than to just throw a bomb and kill thousands. It's easy, technically easier, and so this conflict in the mind. And so when they did this, they saw that all of their energy was being used uh, when people didn't have these conflicts. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit will give us new energy when we fight with our feelings because our feelings are within the power of the old person. And when we say, that's it, you will not obey him anymore, and we go the, lead them to a different place, then because of the obedience of the truth, we then cleanse ourselves from this hypocritical love. The Holy Spirit is trying to make us a new lump. A new lump is not grain, it is already ground into flour and then mixed. It, it with water and leaven is then of the kingdom of heaven is added so that it can God will rapture us in the body and through the body and we need to understand and prepare ourselves to a non-hypocritical love yes not everyone is pleasant to us not everyone is uh, pleasant to us maybe it would seem or we want to or don't want to with certain individuals but we need to begin to invite those that you would never invite to your house and say, Lord, I do this according to your word because this is your child. Yes, they, this may, may not be the way I usually would. And then you'll suddenly start seeing that this will be wiped away from you, these feelings. I began to do this in my time, and this was removed from me. I, inside, am able to love these people just as I love others. And I, this will work for you as well. The concluding phrase of this uh, parable, when it talks about our paths of the Lord and our ways, when it says the lamp of the Lord is the spirit of man, testing every, even the inner depths of the heart. And this is possible when the lamp is burning burning brightly. To examine is to study and examine, uh, st study and research the revelations of God that are contained in oil. This is, again, words that we don't understand, but that are coming from the words of God's delegated ones. And when the time comes to understanding, the Holy Spirit will take from your vessel that you put this in and pour into your lamp so that your lamp will continue to burn. And so a brightly burning lamp makes us living for God and dead to sin. If you receive only the things that you understand and those things you don't understand you reject, then you are living still to sin and dead to God. And I also, if I do such things, our spirit can only be a lamp of the Lord upon one condition when we are clothed into the armor of light 
and we become a light to the world and a lamp for the house of God when we're clothed into our new person. This house of God, first of all, is our personal body upon the condition that we are an organic member of the body of Christ that is a chosen by God remnant or church. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. There's a light that is in a person that can be darkness. People of the flesh, infants in Christ, yes, they receive truth, the truth, but this light in them is darkness. God created uh, for three days, and only on the fourth day did God create uh, the lights that began to shine on the earth. And it's the same thing here in the beginning when people are born again, they're still they're still in darkness until they see the light. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. A person who has received the guarantee of salvation but has refused by being instructed in the faith to invest the guarantee of their salvation invest it so that they could die for their uh, in the death of the Lord Jesus for their nation, the house of their father and destructive desires so that you can invest your salvation so that you can receive then uh, uh, interest with it that is the uh, resurrection of Christ so you can then serve God it's maybe a child of God but the heart is not cleansed from dead works his eye is still dark and his body then who is called to be house of God will be dark where mammon will then rule and so this person will not have then any ability or godliness so that he can collaborate it with God's godliness or turn God's favor upon himself Amen let us pray and all those who want to resist dependence from sin, dependence from illnesses, dependence from all form of fear. We are going to pray and the Holy Spirit is upon this place and can deliver you. If you have received this word by faith into your heart, you can come here to the altar. We will pray for you and the Lord will show His mercy and prepare your heart, prepare your body to be redeemed. Amen. Let us pray.
I'm going to be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe in the fact that God is for you. He's not against you. He has enough strength to fulfill His word that He is vigilant over within your heart right now to deliver you from all types of sin and fear and give your heart a new energy of life, renew you. Close your eyes. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to heaven, a sign that you're ready and that your hands are lifted without doubt or wrath. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you with my pain, with my shame, with my sin, with my cowardness. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal me, deliver me from the old person with his deeds whom I hate with all of my soul. Without your help, I cannot be free from these harsh acts of the destructive desires. Deliver me. I believe in your power. I open up my heart. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed. I am cleansed. I am healed. I am justified. I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousand attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May the blessings of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills be on you, be on you and upon your children. The promise of the adoption of your body by the redemption of Christ may be upon you and your children and be fulfilled upon you. The nation shall say, Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Blessed is the Lord who is vigilant over his word so that he can fulfill it at the appointed time. May these words be very clearly written upon the tablets of your heart. What you hear, that it be clearly written, study about it, meditate about it, and when the reader will look in his time upon this heart that where it's clearly written he'll be able to fulfill it but those where the light is not bright it's dark it, their body would not does not have this light it will be unfortunate I trust it won't happen to you let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless 
before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever Amen 